with Bumbling Around, your new host, Tom Steinman, a.k.a. Steiner, the Steininator. Uh, to my left, I have uh, Andrew Alden, not Aldine. Not Aldine, no, no, not at all. Wearing an Expos jacket, my team, my fantasy team. Yep. And then the guy today who we're going to be interviewing, we got Jarvis Mitchell from Flint. Yes, sir. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate being here. Yeah, man. Me and Jarvis go back uh, probably about, what, five, six years ago, maybe even seven now. We both worked at a a school, a program called Covenant House Academies, which is a alternative ed program in Detroit. Maybe you could explain a little bit better. Now, I haven't been there for uh, a year. so. Right. Well, Covenant House Academy, we have uh, three campuses. We have an east campus, we have a southwest campus, and we have a central campus. And uh, basically, it's a program for uh, at-risk kids, at-risk youth kids um, from 16 to 22 uh, to obtain their high school diploma uh, that uh, couldn't um, succeed at a traditional school level. So uh, we, we offered them their second chance opportunity to be uh, to obtain their diploma. And I've seen Jarvis do some great work uh, connecting with students, you know. Sometimes uh, some of these students come a little hard-headed, you know, and yeah. you have to earn and gain their trust. And I've seen Dar- Jarvis do a great job with that. And uh, he's also coaching Wayne Memorial Varsity Girls basketball program. I'm excited to hear about it because – I remember when he took the program over <laughs> and what he spoke about it before he started. How many, what, they averaged one or two wins, you know? Uh, no. I'm not being, I, trying to be mean or anything. No, it's but, a reality. No, right? I'm yeah. fine with it. No, I mean, um, the success we have now allows me to be able to talk about our past failures. You know, um, when I took over the program, they hadn't won a basketball game in four years. And um, up to this date, since then, we have won three out of four KLA championships. We're currently ranked number two in the state, and uh, we start the state playoffs Monday. That's exciting. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm always loving your posts and stuff yeah, like that. We're appreciate uh, and that. Your shout outs to your uh, the people you've coached. I know you've. Uh, I know you, you also coach. A, is it AAU? Yes. Yes. I coach uh, One Nation uh, girls basketball. T- team we uh under armor sponsored basketball team and we're going to be playing on the under armor um girls circuit the first of of its kind um this this summer clemson university gave him a shout out on uh, yeah, espn yeah 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 actually espn the, uh the interview guy i have two kids that plays for clemson university and they um said um yeah, we like to um, – there's two kids from Michigan, and they play for One Nation AAU in Michigan, and that's that's almost a surreal feeling, knowing that your program has only been around for three years, and there's programs that has been around for decades that uh, has never had a shout-out on ESPN. So it's 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 incredible, man. It, it's a, a attribute to how hard we've been working. Yeah. yeah. Congratulations. That's awesome. Thank you. I appreciate yeah, that. Thank you. Yeah, he's a good guy. Uh, I didn't care for him at first <laughs> when I first met him. I thought he was a little, little too confident. But you know what? Is it because it you referred to yourself as the Steiner? Yeah, right. <laughs> That's exactly why. I thought I was the man at Covenant right. House. So then he came in and he was too cool. And I was like, oh, I don't know, man. <laughs> I was about to add that, like you know, he, he I'm too. You know, arrogant or too cocky, but he calls himself the Steiner. I don't know why I said that. I I, I regretted (laughs) saying that that as I was saying it. I hope we got this recorded. Yeah, Yeah. no, no, it's all good. It's 2019, words don't matter. No, No, but Steiner is actually my nickname. No one ever, 
what it started off as Steininator, and then like threw that out right away, and it became Steiner. So I don't even know why I said. I think it's the Steiner that I have the issue with. It's the the, not Steiner necessarily. Oh, I didn't mean to do that. It's kind of it's kind of regal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. coming. Okay, okay. Yeah, the <laughs> the the. Speak to me, you peasant. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, yeah. Was that uh, is. Mr. Ahart, a- is he still working with the AAU program? Yes, yes. Ahart, um, he coaches a team um, in our in our organization as well, and he's also the head coach at Gabriel Richard Riverview. Nice. Um, Down River uh, School. They're, they're off to a pretty good start, too. They start the state playoffs Monday as well. Nice. Yeah. Anyway, you guys met, meet up. Is there a chance of that? No. Um, he's Class C. We're Class A. Okay. Uh, we've scrimmaged a couple of times, though. You know, we, you know, of course, by me and you know, Ahart, me and uh, Coach Ahart being close friends, that you know, we we're constantly in the gym with each other and, and uh-huh. brainstorming and throwing ideas against each other. So, so, you know, it's really a fruitful relationship. I think that's something that a lot of people maybe don't re- realize and, and recognize about like coaching youth sports, and. Uh, is that it becomes your whole life. I mean, like, right, because the, it's not just mm-hmm. the hours that you're in the gym. It's the hours that, you know, you need to help people out with getting to practice or whatever, figuring out. It's a life. You're, like, you become, like, a central character for them when for life, basically, right? Well, I'll, um, to be, you know, that's a, a imperative point that you just made. I mean, and to be honest, you are that kid's mainstay you are an important figure into that kid's life i'm gonna be honest because i've had some parents say you can come down here and tell my kid to wash the clothes and they'll do it immediately i've been telling them for three weeks it's because of as a coach you have the power and what that kid wants mm-hmm. that kid wants to plan time that kid wants to get a scholarship that kid wants to be recognized all state so it's an unfair relationship because the parent is like, here I am, I feed this kid, I clothe this kid, I do everything for this kid, and here you are, you come in the latter years of their life, and they hold you up to uh, a higher being. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's, it's the nature of life. I mean, like, you know, as far as even the world, we treat people better that can help us more, that we think that can help us more, than we actually do the people that are really helping us. That's just the nature of life. Is it fair? No. I can't tell the kid, you know, don't listen to me more. Listen to your mother more. They already have it fixated in their head that my coach holds the gold. Even if it's for something as monetary as, you know, a pair of sneakers. Right, right. And you telling them that is not going to help the situation because that, that just gives you more power. The parent needs to step up and take control. It's a forever tug of war. It's it's never going to be the and it's it's it was that way since the beginning of time. You know, it you don't appreciate your parent or you don't appreciate that person that's been doing things for you. Have you ever seen that meme on Facebook and it say um, the guy? It was a girl and she had two guys. And one of the guy gave her two hundred dollars, and the other guy gave her twenty dollars. And she and he's like, "You chose the guy that gave you two hundred dollars, but but he had a million. I gave you twenty dollars, and that was all I had." Exactly. That's that's the that's the story. Yeah. That's these kids, as far as they're concerned, um, they want a superficial gratification. Yeah, they think you're supposed to clothe them and feed them and right. nurture them. They you're supposed to do that, but my coach isn't supposed to give me a scholarship or all state recognition. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, 
Well, uh, yeah, going back with you, uh, like I said, I've seen you. Oh, I got to play a little ball with you. We played yeah. against the kids. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and still to this day, student has has student-faculty game. We, we're reigning supreme. That, reigning yeah, supreme. I mean, we were undefeated. Absolutely. But, but I, I mean... <laughs> You're really good. So. <laughs> Thank you, man. I appreciate it. And it's fun watching the kids like play against you because they think yeah. that like, oh, you're old and they're gonna like stop you and they they're so oh, good man. and then you just you just ball on them. And... You know, it, um, that's the thing with a lot of these new kids. You know, if you didn't play in the NBA or they can't recognize you, they assume you're not that good. <laughs> so they take they take for granted that you know any kind of pro level that you've played on means you have some kind of skill that's a little bit more superior than the average person. So, you know, um, now I am older. I'm not as fast as I used to be, <laughs> probably not as strong as I used to be. So I have to use, you know, some other tools that I learned along the way. But, you know, these kids, you know, they're idealistic and they know better. Well, going to that, how do you teach the mental part of the game? Well, it's th- the thing with, with a kid, they are visual. All kids are visual. You can tell them, as a kid, you're very, it's kind of contradictory to say this, but as a kid, it's hard for them to be faith-based because they don't understand the, the stronger and greater lesson that's within the length of the lesson. They yeah. think, in, if I do it now, it has to happen now. Yeah. Not if I do it now, this is prepare me for the future. Yeah. So the mental aspect is kind of off experience. It's kind of... I put you in a couple of positions to show you why I told you you should feel like this or think like this. Because it's it, you have to try to mold their emotion. Mm-hmm. That's 100% of coaching youth basketball is molding their emotion. The skill part, you can get that anywhere. Yeah. Now you got YouTube videos, you got these trainers, yeah. you got practice. But if I can't tap into a kid mentally or emotionally, I lost them. Because they're not going to trust you. There's just a different level when – you could have a kid who mentally just wants the ball, who wants to win, rather than a kid who's unsure of himself, Absolutely. a little bit even. Absolutely. It makes your job a lot harder as a coach uh, when you have to train a kid to be a killer. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's a different feel when a kid already comes like that and you just have to skill them up. But yeah. when a kid is lacking confidence, insecure, been told they can't do this, and, you know, kids... Kids, a kid will come to a gym and miss two shots, and all of a sudden they say, I can't shoot. Mm-hmm. I need help with my shooting. <laughs> As if you're supposed to be no. a perfect shooter no, at 13. You know? No one wants to fail. They're afraid of losing and failing or looking stupid when every winner at one point has looked stupid. And that drove them, though. That's the difference. They're like, okay, I look stupid now, but I'm going to put in the work. Right. I'm going to bring it next time. Well, as it should. However, though, society suggests... If I'm not good at this immediately, I should try something else. It, it, it's, you know. Yeah. Something that uh, we've talked about on uh, our podcast is this idea that, like, like this generation in particular, but goes back, you know, five, ten years, grew up playing, like, basketball video games. And oh, that, absolutely. And that in basketball video games, right, like, yeah, it's, it's great to, like, like, dunk on someone or throw an alley-oop. But nine times out of ten, when I was playing with my brothers, we would be like nonstop shooting threes, which is kind of what the NBA is now, right? It's mm-hmm. all all pull up threes. One hundred percent. And I think that that has trickled down into the minds of people who play basketball, in the idea that it's all about like shooting. And when you play in the video games, you hit it. I mean, if you're playing a Steph Curry, you hit it like nine, eight times out of ten. 
and then that translates to why can't I do this? It's so easy to press the buttons. And I know there's obviously physically they know, but mentally it definitely has does something, right? It's such a false display. <laughs> it, it, I mean, you know, honestly, even when you watch uh, the NBA, you watch um, these all-star games, you see a Steph Curry come down and he'll shoot a 40-foot shot. Now you have kids, when they walk in the gym, that's their first thing. Mm-hmm. I want to be Steph Curry. So not knowing that Steph Curry had to learn how to shoot within 10 feet before he can, you know. Yeah. We live in a microwave society. That's just what it is. Yeah. I'm If I'm 6'1 now and Steph Curry is 6'1, then I should be able to do everything he can do. Right. Because we're the same height. And I'm light-skinned too, by the way. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? So you'll have kids and they'll be comparing attributes already not understanding the grind behind the door, behind the back door that it took to reach the status. You know, so exactly what you said. They'll play video games, and they'll press a button, and he'll shoot a fadeaway three, and then they'll remember that feeling that it gave them when they made that shot on the video game, and they'll try to reprocreate that in the gym. Right. And it's like... Yeah, good luck with that. Do you have Do you have kids pulling up on fast breaks? Absolutely, I do. Oh, absolutely, and and they'll they'll yell Curry while they're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, oh my God, yeah. That's if a kid shoots a fadeaway jump shot, Kobe, uh, right, you right, know, yeah. or Rashid Wallace, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's who they're emulating, and mm-hmm. that's who they feel they are at that time. Right, right. If it goes in, right. If it doesn't go in, then I'm like, yeah, you're Rashid. Uh, Wilson, <laughs> yeah, you know, from uh, the east side of Detroit. That's who you are. You're not mm-hmm. Rasheed Wallace that played for Detroit. So, you know, um, that's that's the thing, trying to bridge these kids with reality and hard work mm-hmm. because, you know, no one came out of the womb shooting 30-foot three-pointers, although I know they think Steph Curry did, but yeah. it's a lot of work. Very few people just have absolute talent, but at some point they're going to get tested. and. You, again, it goes back to the mental part of the game, and I think that's what any athlete you talk to who's successful is talking about the mental part of the game. People think working out is all you know physical. No, it's mm-hmm. more mental than anything. My body tells me once to stop. My brain's like, go ahead, you can stop. Stop running. Right. That's when you find the Kobe's and the Michael Jordan. I tell my kids, everybody has a pain threshold. Everybody has a threshold that they say, okay, that's enough. Somehow, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, and Magic Johnson's, Allen Iverson, they found a way to go above that. And I don't know how much above it you must go to reach that level, but I do know they didn't do what everybody else did because they don't have what everybody else have, as far as the status and uh, being called the gold or you know uh, NBA championships or MVPs. I feel like um, once you find that player that, can exceed their threshold that'll continue to keep propelling them towards a new height in their career, and that's when you have, you know, the quote-unquote superstars. So you've played the game for a long time, obviously. I don't know if we've talked about yeah. that enough, but go ahead and talk about your history of playing and where you, where you started. Well, I'm originally from Flint, Michigan. Um, I played high school basketball at Flint Central. Um, I broke uh, numerous records while I was in high school. I'm the all-time leader in threes for career. I'm the all-time leader in threes for single game. I'm the all-time leader in threes for a single season. 
and I have the consecutive free throw record of 39 in a row during the season. Um, this was all my senior year. Um, probably another race. It's been, yeah, I graduated in 1996, so. <laughs> and uh, I haven't seen anything. I check it regularly. I haven't seen anyone break it, so, you know. Okay. I've been lucky enough to escape some things. But now my school is closed down, so I don't think it'll be. No, no they don't have it. a chance to get it. All right. <laughs> Yeah. And then after after high school, and then I went to uh, Fairleigh Dickinson University, um, mid major Division one school in New Jersey. Played in the Northeast Conference. Played against schools like Sacred Heart, St. Francis, New York, St. Francis, Brooklyn, Monmouth, schools like that. And uh, had a good career there. And um, I went to play uh, professional overseas in Russia, um, Western part. Of Russia, though, borderline in Lithuania, uh, okay. near the Baltic Sea, in Liepaja. Okay. Yeah. What is something that would surprise people from that experience, playing in Russia? Um, the, the culture shock and the aspect of it. Um, the, Russia is still, like, I won't say it's 100% communistic still, but there's still some things that you can't do or that yeah. are pretty much like set in stone because uh, the lawmakers are still trying to hold on to where it originated from. Um, st when I was there, which was, I don't know, last year I was there, it was 2007, a uh, little racial, little yeah, racial, okay. little, um, you know. But as I was told by a historian over there, you know, some of the American troops kind of brought that to them. And kind of help explain because, you know, like uh, I'll give you an example. Um, I was walking down the street one time. I was coming from practice and um, uh, a, a couple of drunk guys and they looked at me and they said, nigga. And it was like, yeah. And then one of them made a monkey sound and he said, <laughs> and I was like, you know what? That would be funny. If I looked like one. Now, if you would have made a chimpanzee sound, I probably would have laughed it because I'm a little small and brown. So <laughs> I, I'd have enjoyed that one, too. But, you know, like the historian said, he said, you know, they had to learn it, this behavior from somewhere. They don't know these words mm -hmm. that were being taught to them. So, you know, but that aspect. But the women and kids, they loved us. Yeah. It just was the men my age are a little bit resistant, you know. Quite naturally, it's a, it's a macho masculinity thing. You Just know, like what I didn't like you at first. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, but I mean, we all like what we don't know and what we've heard of false representations. Mm -hmm. Especially when anybody meets me after they talk to me, they're like, oh, God, yeah. you're 100% different than what I thought. And I'm like... Yeah, I I thought the days of judgment and, you know, it's, it's only, I don't want to mm -hmm. sound cliche, but no. never judge a book by its cover. I can't help how I look. No. I can't help how I dress, how mm -hmm. I talk, uh, but I can't help the depthness of me. And I think that's once you get a chance to learn that part, then it's like, I think you become, you feel more foolish, yeah. like, wow, he's really... I want to make clear, I didn't like you because of your black. I know, I know, <laughs> no, no, I know. But, no, I have that persona, though. A lot of people, when they first meet me, they were like, he's arrogant. No, you're but you're confident. You back it up, though. 100%. And I, I, I thought that's the way of the world. No, you, absolutely. You and that's what that's the way athletes should be. They, you know, I mean, Chad Johnson, he's not going to go out there if he has any type of 
not confidence in himself. Like, he's going to get killed out there. Right. But um, my confidence, it doesn't even dance the line of arrogance. It's, I'm fair to who I am. Yeah. And I'm fair to my audience, too. I'm not snoozy. Like, no one even knows I play professional basketball that I coach yeah. until they actually really? Google and dig oh, in. Okay. I never start off and introduce myself. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm Jarvis Mitchell and I play professional. Yeah. <laughs> so you ever go what? to those conferences or they, 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 they get first guys like tell them his history and instead it, of like teaching us something, it's yeah. a it's a backstory of right. like I'm not about <laughs> to sit here and tell you how many points I scored in a game or I made an all star team. What does that have to do with what's going on right now? Exactly. I never whenever I come or I have a basketball camp, I Introduce myself, and if someone asks me, then I I'll explain. But I'm not well. You should listen to me because I, I, I was multi-year professional, <laughs> and I it's, so what? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I, just because I was a good basketball player doesn't mean I know everything, or, or, I'm or a good even coach. be a good coach. Right. That doesn't mean the same. Absolutely, and some of it never translates. Yeah. There are some good basketball players that they try coaching. It was like, yeah, coaching's hard. You oh, have completely. to understand the person, and everybody's different in their mental makeup, their physical makeup, and you just what their strengths and weaknesses are, and it, there's just so much into play. I'm going to tell you the roughest part about coaching is you replacing yourself with that player you're trying to coach. Because it's easy for me to say, why can't you run faster? Why can't you shoot more? Why can't you come to the gym every day when that was my life? That's what I wanted to do my yeah. entire life. I can't project how I did onto you yeah. because you weren't made like I was made. Exactly. I came up in Flint, Michigan, where, you know, it, it was all or nothing. You know, I'm 5'10", 160 pounds, and I want to play professional yeah. basketball. That's, you know, like, yeah. You got to put it to work. Right. And so it drove me mad. And some days I didn't like myself. I didn't like the things I was doing because I felt like I lost touch with a lot of people. You know, like my family hurt because of this, because I was, it was always basketball. I was this tournament, this camp. Um, I went to school far away from home. Then after that, I went to rush. So I lost a lot of family time because of if I took a minute off, someone was getting better. Yep. And now here I am, 41, trying to restore relationships with my family that were lost because of the attention I had to give to the sport. Well, that's like the discipline, right? That's the discipline. That's the sacrifice. I mean, yeah. you talk about any, any, anybody who rises to the top of anything, but we're talking about athletes. I mean, it's, it's, incredibly, it's an incredibly lonely journey in terms of, like, family sacrifice, group sacrifice. Yeah. You know, you'd hear about... You know, towns where, like, you know, this guy is the guy, best guy that throws a baseball in the history right. of this little town. And the whole town, like, sacrifices a little to, like, get him the chances. And uh, I, I heard this thing on Freakonomics that was really, really interesting. Um, they're talking specifically about baseball, but it, it applies to basketball, too. And on Freakonomics, they were talking about um, basically, like, if you are the best whatever high school player or one of the, the thousand best high school players at basketball – that the people who will will transition into like you know on the path to the NBA or path to even playing in Russia or Spain or wherever, those are the people that like somebody can drive them to the AAU game in Tennessee or drive them to like right. this tournament in Chicago, and that the players that can afford that, it's like this thing about, you know, we think anybody can make it if they put in the hard work, but 
at some, for some people, it's a little bit easier when their parents are willing to like, hey, I can take off work at at 10 a.m. on a Friday and I can drive you right. six hours to this tournament in the weekend and we can stay in a hotel and like you know it's a it's a it's a game. I mean, a lot right. of sacrifice for people and families and groups of people. So you know what it it's a it's a demanding alienation almost. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like you almost have to you have to alienate yourself from the world. In order to be successful, I don't know too many people that can balance both. Mm-hmm. And if you have been, God bless you. You know, you are you you are an alien in yourself. Right. But you know, you read stories about Kobe Bryant or Michael Jordan. How after a game they stayed six hours after to shoot more, or you know, Floyd Mayweather he uh, partied up until three a.m. and then woke up at four fifteen and jogged six miles. You know, when you hear stuff like that. It's like, wow. Yeah. You know, that dedication, and which goes back to what you were saying, not only do you have to be dedicated, but you have to have some parents that are willing to say, hey, this is your dream. If I got to drive you to California to play in this exposure tournament, I can afford it. But then there's the parents that can't. Right. And now that kid has to work twice as hard. Yeah as a kid because of the decision that their parents made right. to not be as successful as the other parent. You know, That's the only thing about I wish this stuff was free mm-hmm. because there are some good kids that won't get a chance yep. to propel or to catapult into their destiny or because they parents can't afford it. Opportunity or experience with the right coaches or the right motivators. I mean, the right people seeing you play, right? Just that's that's a hundred percent. And I thank God, my 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 parents didn't have the money either. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I got out there. I sold waters. I did raffles. I washed cars. You're a hustler. Yeah, I did whatever because mm-hmm. uh, failure wasn't an option. You know, I, I try to tell kids. I try to be fair to them, um, but you know. You you go to those seminars and they tell you, well, if you take care of your education because if you don't make it, you can always have your education. Mm-hmm. Well, if I'm a lazy kid that's not motivated, I'm going to ease on to the second option because I don't have to work so hard. You told me that education is a great backup, which it is, Absolutely. But when you tell a kid that from the beginning, then they start to think, like, I can ease up. So if I have a bad game in basketball, oh, well, I don't have to go back and work hard. I can just make sure my my books are in order. Right. So from the beginning, you're already weakening that kid's attention to the sport, which works for some kids. Yeah. However, you tell a kid, this is your only option then watch how the survival becomes. Right. Yeah. You, know, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I, I know it's not right. I know it's not right. And it's, it's, again, we talk about balance. But when you think about it is, if I can tell you, okay, fight hard for this first girl. But don't forget the second girl is always here. So anytime you get frustrated or insecure about chasing that first girl, oh, no matter. I still have her. But is that the one you want? Right. You know what I mean? Right. That's that's the struggle in youth sports and balance. So I, I looked up and I saw that your program, who's doing doing really well this year, what's the record? 
Uh, we're eighteen to two. Eighteen to two, and it looked like one of those teams was, was like ranked top in the state or something like that. Uh, Etzel or something. Well, the the team the team that we lost to, they're ranked fourth in the country. Fourth in the country. Sorry. Yeah, they're fourth Sorry. in the country. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And no, it's a bit. Twice. I was, twice. We, we played okay, twice. Okay, it was twice. It looked a little yeah. confusing on the yeah. website, but yeah. yeah so yeah, but so twice. That, Are those both your losses then? Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, and I saw uh, you recently beat Brighton, who was a big. Oh, yeah. Was that a big win? Yeah, they were eighteen and one. They're eighteen and one, yeah. and uh, th- is that what led you to the K L A A championship? Okay. Yeah, that was the K- yeah, we had to go down to Brighton. I mean, Brighton's like, usually good at every athletic program. Well, yeah, you have one middle school in the city. Yeah. So all those kids are going. As yeah. far as Wayne Memorial. You have John Glenn that's closed. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have some of the Canton and Plymouth schools that are closed. You have uh, Robichaud, Dearborn Robichaud down the street. So it's like Garden City is like maybe right three miles. You know yeah. what I mean? Oh, so yeah. these kids have options. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where in Brighton, you yeah. can be playing with your teammate all from the second grade up. Yep. Yeah. So I know this kid. I know how strong he is. We come to the same program. We do the same plays. You know, it's... I don't want to sound like I'm complaining because I'm no. not, but it 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 serves as a slight disadvantage because I'm going to get a kid that didn't come up through that program, yeah, yeah. don't know that system, don't know, and they might have been they might have been raised lazy, yeah. Where I know with the Brighton kids, they have the same coach from second to fourth grade, fourth grade coach goes from fourth to seventh, you know what I mean? So it's a cycle, yeah, right. It's yeah. a beautiful sight. Yeah. Right, right, right. No. As opposed to... That's what you want. Right. I mean, <laughs> and and, and it, if I could have it, Wayne Memorial would be the only high school within <laughs> a 90-mile radius yeah. if I could. You know what I mean? But yeah, yeah. at the end of the day, you know, that's what makes you a better coach. Mm-hmm. That's what makes you uh, higher learning, makes you want to find out ways to compete with schools like this or, like, compete with, like, a country day or a DEPSA. Yeah. You know, you you don't have their resources, yeah. but that doesn't mean you don't compete. And I love that you're not scared. Like you ain't backing down. Oh, no, like we absolutely. we're coming. I got like I, we don't, we're running out of time because you have practice. Yeah, yeah. But so like, good. what, what, why, why girls and not men? I'm just curious. You know what? I'll be 100 percent honest. And actually, with you. What, women, not or, no, no, girls. They're, uh, they're young girls. They're still 13, or, 14 instead of years boys, there. I guess. Well, I I'm gonna be 100 percent honest with you. Girls are. Uh, they're receptive to everything you say. Boys, I don't care what you say. They think they know it. My seventh grade coach told me I was the next Michael Jordan. Even though I can't make a proper chess pass (laughs) or I don't know how to rebound, you're the problem. He's inflating your ego. Absolutely. I'm going to be honest. If you coaching boys basketball – you are the coach is the problem. I don't care how good the coach is, but if my kid doesn't succeed, well, what is his coach doing? Yeah. He doesn't have them in the gym enough. He has them in the gym too much. They don't have the proper practice gear. Their practice gear is too new. I don't care what kind of environment you put them in, and it can be the most comfortable. But still, in all, it can't be my kid because my kid's perfect. <laughs> my kid right. comes to the gym every. My kid. No, when my kid was in the third grade, they scored 20 points. And it's like, wow, that's your measuring stick. Yeah, Mm -hmm. You you understand what I'm saying? So that's a reality as far as these kids are concerned because they're being brainwashed 
with that perfection. Yeah. Hey, well, is it being promoted through the ranks though? Because you got to put your N one video out there to try to get like recruited or oh, anything I, like that. Absolutely, which is another uh, <laughs> miseducation yeah. of correct basketball because you send a highlight tape and it's just you doing moves. Uh. But the coach wants to see what do you do when you're down by 10? How well are you defending? Yeah, when you don't have the ball. What, what kind of teammate are you? Yeah. How's your body language? Oh, yeah. All these things factor into getting the scholarship or whatever you desire to get where there's ranking or anything, but the parents, they're, um, they're a little oblivious to that. Yeah. You know, yeah. so it's, it's one of those things, man, where, you know, you put your heart into it, you try to remain as positive and as pure as you can, but honestly, the way you sports is going right now, it's almost like, I mean, you know, the saying to, to catch a wolf, you have to be a wolf or whatever the case may be, higher, whatever animal you want to, you know, synchronize the story with. It's still more that it's coming into a game where you have to blend in because if you, if you we live in a society now where I can write a letter to the AD and you can get fired. And it might it might lack uh, it might lack a hundred percent truth. Oh I know. I, I yes, right. I know. I don't even want to get get even heated about this type of thing because like so many people are just trying to help kids and stuff That's like it. that. And they can well that was my questioning because I'm I'm helping out var- with the varsity baseball team at Lincoln Park. I'm okay. starting to teach there starting Monday. And possibly more opportunities of coaching will happen, and especially in the the girl sports. And right. I was curious to know what made you, because in this time and age, it could be very difficult because of speculation or even people saying stuff. Yeah, and I, you know what? And that's the thing. Like, he, I, I'll give you a case in point. Kid plays for me. I don't play them. The parent gets upset. The parent of send a letter to the AD. Mm-hmm. Now, the AD could have your back, but don't forget, ADs like to keep their job. They're afraid of, of public nightmares as well. Yep. They, they don't want no bad public relations showing up to the school. So you have a crazy parent that I have this letter, this instance. I'm going to the newspaper. If you, don't, not, you put the AD in a compromised oh, yeah. position. So now what do I do? Do I punish the coach or do I stand behind my coach and risk this public relation nightmare yep. thing happening? Yep. And it's, it's not fair. No. You know, we get high school coaches in the state of Michigan. I can't speak for the rest of the United States. High school coaches in Michigan, your check stipend could be anywhere from 1500 to 5000 yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's enough to get text message threats, <laughs> email threats, yep. your car keyed. You know, a bunch of hey, – I've seen parents fighting fighting coaches. It's like, wait a minute. This is as close to volunteering as can possibly be. Yep. Mm-hmm. And you are upset with me because I'm not Phil Jackson. Right. Or I'm not uh, Bill Belichick. <laughs> it doesn't matter if you were Bill Belichick or – or, or Phil Jackson. It doesn't matter. It's you're not, not playing their son. Not, yeah, kid, right. You're not playing my son. Cause you're, you're, now, listen. <laughs> I had a complaint the other day. We beat Brighton. Mm-hmm. I didn't play a kid 
uh, and mom went nuts in a group text message with the other parents. Oh, she was, how could he, blah, 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 all kind of slur words. Now, mind you, we won. Yeah. But it's no longer about that. Mm -hmm. We won, but I didn't win. Right. So I'm not happy. The, the parent couldn't say, you know what? She didn't play this game. She'll probably play more the next game. Now, mind you, this kid is in the top five of my team in playing time. Mm -hmm. But this one particular game, I didn't feel she needed to be out there. We won the basketball game, and still and all, there was a backlash behind it. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? All and we won, by the way. Yeah. yeah. Now, <laughs> we lost. I, I can take your criticism. Right. Oh, Coach, that was a bad decision. Maybe if you would have put my kid in, we'd have won. Yeah. Ha right. Have you ever been the kid on a team that didn't get to play all game? Absolutely. Absolutely, I have. And, and my mother didn't say a word. You know, yeah. when she looked at me, she said, you got to get better. You're too small. You're not strong. Oh, man. You, you, you got to figure it out. But my mother never had a meeting with the coach, mm -hmm. never had a meeting with the AD, never tried to get the coaches fired, never anything. My junior year, my high school varsity coach started everybody on the team at least one game but mm -hmm. me. Wow. I didn't come home and tell my mother. I didn't come home and complain. I, I, I took it as, you have no idea the emotion you just started up. Whether I watch Rocky four yep. times a day, <laughs> whether, I, whether I eat spinach. But I killed myself my senior year to make sure that never happened again. Sometimes you need it. Absolutely. You, I, and you know, I, not to get spiritual or religious, but I think God can place some things in your life that will be a motivator that looks a reverse motivator. Like, yeah. it looks like, how am I supposed to gain something out of that lesson? Get out of this. How am yeah. I going to get out of this? Like, like for, for me, if God wants me to run a business, why can't you let me hit the lottery and make me win $1.4 million so I can do it? Right. Don't make me uh, try a business and fail, and yeah. then I'll be non-confident. You know what I mean? But who are we to decide what lessons are yeah. being brought upon us? Isn't it actually better, though, to fail and learn through that and then rather just get money and then try something? Absolutely it so. is. But you if think it, it is the other way. If you ask me, I didn't want to be from the hood. No. I would have loved to right. be in a two-parent uh, flat uh, in living in Beverly Hills with a silver spoon, yeah. I I would have liked. I didn't like. But would you have had your exactly your life? exactly? You, you know, you might be working at a bank or something right. like that. But that's why you never question why yeah. the lessons come. Yeah. It's kind of like okay, cool, yeah. you know. But did I want to be in a house with no lights on and we ate corn for the four days in a row? No, I didn't. No. You no. ask me. But I'm sure you're grateful and for everything. I mean, appreciate it. I know you, and I've yeah. seen you know, you, and that's why you're real with the kids because with those kids we worked with at Covenant House, man, they they don't have anything sometimes. Anything. But you you can still get through to them, and you understood. That, you know, we are we're the family sometimes. A hundred percent. You know what the thing is, and that's kind of my role at Covenant House is, I am I'm you, and despite how you look at me now, I am a hundred percent you. I still have the same desires you have. Yeah. I still have the same wants. I like the Gucci shoes. I like that. However, I went through the proper channels so I can buy them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And then I didn't have to steal them or I didn't have to rob for them. So that's where I'm, I am now. I'm the buffer. Mm -hmm. I'm the buffer between 
their life and my life. It's amazing sometimes because the mentality they come in with sometimes, it's, it's going to lead down destruction. And you, you're fighting with a community sometimes that Absolutely. wraps them into it. And, but you got to like stay faithful, stay confident. And like you're, I've seen you grow as yeah. a person working there from the beginning. It's trying. It, it, you know, they come in with this barbaric attitude, right? And you're kind of like, how could you live like this? Until you know, I'm the attendance officer there, so I actually have to go to their house. And yep. you know, some of them are squatting. Some of them are living in cars. Some of them are living in abusive houses. Some of them are living with you know homosexuals that they're forced to. Perform. You know what I mean? So there's a lot of things that entail with it. Mm -hmm. And I'm upset because they came and they cussed out a teacher. Well, I would, too, if I didn't yeah. eat for two days. Right. I would, too, if I just saw my mom get beat by her boyfriend. You know, there's a lot of things that entail that. And I have to do that with sports, with my girls' basketball team. Some days they'll come in, and they'll miss layup after layup. I'm like, what Sports. in the yeah. world are you doing? Well, my kid just saw her drunk uncle slap her mother around. Right. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? She can't. It's fuzzy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. So, you know, that's 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 the major part as a coach. You you are the sander right. and trying to, you know, mend the rough edges. Well, all right. Uh looks like about our time is about up. Uh is there anything that you gotta promote or got going on? No, I, I just really wanna thank you guys. I obviously love uh, having interviews. I like being <laughs> able to talk to people. I like being able to because I I just like clarity. I think a lot of times that um, a lot of people are confused with coaches, and I hope that whoever hears this interview is a little bit more uh, softer and nicer to whatever person is coaching your daughter or your son yeah. because, you know, it's not as easy. Uh, despite what you guys feel, we have emotions. Uh, <laughs> we bleed sometimes, too. Um, and, you know, we're, we're regular people. But, you know, before you judge or you have a certain concrete – opinion about a coach you should definitely try to you know meet that person and talk to them and yeah. have more than one conversation because you know outside looking in it's you know completely compete be completely different well, i appreciate all the knowledge uh Absolutely. because like i said i'm gonna be coaching and stuff like that i have coached yeah. before but i mean it's a growing process kids are changing technology is changing so the way we have to treat these things, we got to, you know, we're growing ourselves. You know, you couldn't coach the same way necessarily. Absolutely, years ago. it's it's completely delicate. It's mm -hmm. it's a, it's a delicate situation, man, because you are really in charge of a kid's life, whether you know it or not. You decide if that kid's going to go to what college and become successful. You decide how hard that kid's going to work to get better, because your energy is what provides for the kid. Mm -hmm. If I come to practice, like when I go to practice now. If I come in and I'm just like, okay, layups. Yeah, right? Okay, no. okay free throws. Okay, passing. They'll right. look like, what are they going to do? Exactly. But if I come and go, all right, let's go. Everybody on the line. Yeah. I just got the most out of that kid because yeah. I'm getting the most out of myself. You're bringing the energy. Yeah, but, you know, that's, you know, there's something that you're going to have to take, you know, this summer you're coaching and you're going to, regardless of your day, I don't care what you did the night before. The, during the day, if you had to uh, lift couches and move somebody or you got into an argument with your significant other, none of that matters once you coach. 
Yeah. Ah, take your feelings out and leave them in a car if you have to because you are in charge of a kid's life. All right. Well, I hope your your kids get to hear this or parents Me and too. get to see maybe a different side of you because I think this is a great side of you, obviously, amongst all the other things that you do. But no, you're you. speaking from the heart. You're, you're a faithful person. You're a good-hearted person, kind um, I would love to maybe, you're about to go on a playoff run, so maybe come back on after the playoff Absol- run. Absolutely. We'll no, talk I, about I, that experience. I, I'll, you know, this will be our first week. Um, you know, I'd like to invite you guys to the game. Um, you know, you guys can come, and then I don't mind coming back next week and then, you know, giving you guys an excerpt of our first week because di- districts will be over Friday. So okay. maybe I can come. Hopefully we win the district championship. I can come and I can. Where are the games you know, at? Uh, Wayne Memorial. Wayne, okay, so yep. it's not too far from me. So I could, I we have a portable mic or something. Maybe I'll do the interviews and stuff you, after the game. You or guys something. are more. You guys are more. I'll have a room set up for you guys and everything. All you right, man. Set up, yeah. uh, I'll keep in contact with okay. you. Uh, we're gonna do another episode with Andrew in a minute here. So uh, okay. I just want to thank you for uh, Jarvis. Have a good one, man. Jarvis, thank you.